0: It's not just that I think that there are some aspects of modernity that that she embraces the potential of. No, obviously doesn't embrace them as such, but embrace the potential of. It's also that, like, what other choice is there? I mean, you know <laughs> what I mean? That like we are embedded within a certain historical trajectory and you can tell that – what she's trying to do is to look for points of leverage within the material conditions and historical conditions we've inherited that might allow to press to, be, to press beyond them i don't know what the alt- like I, I get i do i also get the concerns like and i hadn't thought about that the concerns that like okay well if you accept some aspects of modernity as having positive potential then you have to accept like imperialism as having positive potential you know what i mean the places in which capitalism
1: has been forced on people which is by the way everywhere but i think imperialism is the Mm -hmm. right focus
0: yeah but yeah but you see what i mean like i just don't understand what other choice there is though other like I i don't what is the alternative to trying to leverage what what potential you can find in like the existing social structures that you inhabit is it like just ex nihilo like creating new new social forms i mean some people believe you can do that i I I don't know I don't think I think that's kind of like an anarchist like line that I don't agree with.
2: So here here's how I I would respond because yeah I could see what we've been saying so far being you know really distorted and taken out of context. So I think it's helpful to actually like you go kind of diagnostically. So there is an alternative argument that one could avail oneself of rather than you know, um, the sort of modernizing potential uh, of capitalism. It would be along the lines of a sort of you know, Karl Polanyi argument of a double movement mm-hmm. where you know, capitalism uh, understood as the market tends to disintegrate and commodify life and there's inevitably an external pushback you mm-hmm. know uh, against this commodification and one could think that what we need to do is to kind of conserve and reinstantiate and you know preserve that decommodified structure of the family that can start to look like really traditional really conservative of like mm-hmm. you know, resisting that movement to change so you can make that argument that here I stand and you know no further will I go. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at sort of Melinda Cooper's first you know, chapter in, in family values, she has a really nice critique of this that, you know, there's a conservative critique of capitalism that will say something like, well, actually what we need to do is to kind of preserve, whether it's through welfare redistribution or, you know, more right-leaning, just preserve the the natural biological social values of the family against, you know, uh, this motor. And so if we are listening to this and we say that there's actually something that we find not necessarily liberatory in that move, then you we're not committed to saying something like imperialism is great. <laughs> Instead, I think you, know, and I, I want to be clear on that, maybe I should say one more time, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not committed not to good. saying something like imperialism is great. Yeah. Not good. Not down with it. Not Boo. Bad. Boo imperialism. Okay. okay, now y'all are with me. But I think what you're know, uh, following with what Owen and Lily are saying is that what Angela Davis is saying is that you know, there is something that can be radicalized or actualized from this moment in which our social identities are now actually revealed to us, you know, uh, practically remade before us, not as simply natural impositions, but as things that ought not um, to determine the trajectory of our lives. And so she wants to point to this capacity where social questions of equality become salient in this context, which is not committed to saying either this is the only way it could have happened, but then you get into questions of, you know, in nearby possible worlds maybe this would happen under different conditions but it's about saying something like it turns out this wasn't only a negative process it allowed us to develop a different language of of a critical posture to say what freedom is now you might say that all of that is an imposition and that we need to go back but then we start to lose any sort of appeal to a sort of a any sort of universal social theory and then what we're saying is you know in different places perhaps it's better to not get caught up in modernity and other places Places is better to radicalize it, but I think the values that we have, most of us, we do speak, you know, the type of values of liberalism. So it's not about becoming something other than what we are. I think it's about taking that insight to its logical conclusion, and with the the infrastructure and social relations that we have available to us. So that's kind of what what I was I, I was thinking about what she was saying there, and she is unabashedly saying that there are these positive potentials in capitalism, but that doesn't mean do more capitalism it means using that and leveraging that to create a more emancipatory form of social life mm-hmm. that you know is born from the old so
3: yeah this is great i think i
2: i think we can like kind of be more precise here
3: because she okay. Uh, not the what you said wasn't precise. I'm sorry. That, that, but I, like, damn, damn,
2: um, okay, I kind of like... wish you had started talking after Owen had started talking. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, fuck me. Okay. Okay. That was great, but vague. So now wow. let me, like, God know. damn it. <laughs> let me actually try to say something reasonable. Oh, God damn Fair. it.
3: Okay. All right. Yeah, let me, you, got oh, me. Gil, you got my Let ass. me start that <laughs> sentence over.
2: I'd like to add
3: to that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh (laughs) (laughs) like okay so there's like two sides of a a coin here that i think are really tough to avoid like there's almost like a a double bind and it's very easy for more vulgar marxists than an angela davis and like critics of marxism to fall into one of two sides on this sort of thing on the one hand there's like okay so we're trying really hard not to romanticize like the pre-capitalist forms of, say, social organization of production and familial relations, even though Davis will also point to certain features of pre-capitalist gender relations or sexual division of labor as being better. So one of the things that happens really throughout the period of industrialization, as she highlights, is the expulsion of women from social production, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's Mm -hmm. this sort of double... double problem that we start to see. There's the kind of denaturalization of the family, but also desocialization of women at the same time. Whereas Mm -hmm. she will say things like, in certain pre-capitalist social forms, and she can cite anthropologists on this stuff, women's labor is treated as part of the total social production process, as valuable because it's necessary as a condition for the possibility of social reproduction. And so there's something there that's good. On the other hand, there are still hierarchies there, and they are presented strictly as being natural right so this is the other the other thing that i think people mm-hmm. hear in marxist discourse and think is dangerous there's almost like a prometheanism is sometimes the language that you hear people use here and i'm thinking mm-hmm. more specifically in the context of like ecological debates but she'll say things like that the sort of thing that happens here in the development of capitalism is that natural limitations are no longer that which necessarily conditions the lives of, of, of men and women, right? So there's an overcoming mm-hmm. or the potential she, she overcoming. Said, yeah, she
0: says we become inexorably less yoked to the our biological constitution right and so Through i capitalism, think
3: yeah. yeah so again to be clear like this isn't the prometheanism where like you know people attribute this to marx i'm sure they'd attribute this here where they're like okay thanks to capitalism like we could just own we could just own nature nature doesn't say shit to us <laughs> anymore right it's
0: not <laughs>
3: <laughs> nature can't tell me nothing nature can't tell me what to do we tell nature hmm. what to do it's not that simple but i think that she's right that there is a potential for overcoming certain natu- seemingly or previously natural limitations with yeah. the development of forces of production that ought to be taken seriously as as something which we could you know consciously direct instead of having it be sort of blindly uh, shackled to the demands of commodity production for the sake of profit which is the way that we've <laughs> the way that we've transcended natural limitations thus far right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> not <laughs> not great so yeah neither romanticism Neither uh, Prometheanism, but a secret third thing called communist revolution.
2: I love well, it. Yeah, it's a it's a, a great secret third thing, but I think it's so key to the way that uh, Davis thinks, even across both these readings. I, I, I love both of them, is that, you know, what she's actually hostile against is any sort of abstract dualism. So it's not an abstract either or, that we either need to go to pre-capitalism or capitalism is amazing. But one of the interesting parts is she's also like, but, you know, living in these contradictions can lead us to, think that what's liberatory is, okay, so capitalism and production, that's masculine. So the way out is to um, abstractly, uh, normatively mm-hmm. appraise something called femininity. And she thinks that that's also a trap, because it turns out that these dualisms, they're ideological distortions, and that what we need to think through are, you know, how to transform these relations, rather than, you know, setting up kind of abstract opposites. So what I'm trying to, to say clearly, so that Gil doesn't come after, <laughs> (laughs) Oh my god (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to live this one down God damn it (laughs) And what she's trying to say, and what I think you know, she is she's thinking through, is that you know there there is no simply exiting these tensions and contradictions. Right. There's no going back, and there's no sort of abstractly leaping ahead. Mm. And so instead, what we want to talk about, what are our powers of social transformation? So even in the housework, you know, when she's saying you, know, it isn't also that you know we just abstractly just want men to do housework. If the problem is that housework is deadening and you know, boring, and stunts are creative Capacity. And still desocialized. And so, yeah. And still desocialized. And so it's clearly about how do we re-socialize, given what you know, the values that we hold now. And so I thought it was also important to say she's also not saying the easy way out is finding simply the abstract opposite of whatever we take the present moment to be, whether it's masculinist, capitalist, mm-hmm. um, uh heteropatriarchal, etc. Because she's worried about that essentializing move rather than the transformative move.
1: I just hmm. had this thought about like the ecological debates and Angela Davis that I hadn't thought while I was reading it before. One thing that she's saying um, is that it's a good thing that women are becoming detached from nature. And Mm -hmm. she says that Mm -hmm. it's not possible um she says that a critical and explicit mission of communism must be to shatter and recast sexual and marital relations as production itself is transformed it is essential of course that a new more humane more creative posture toward external nature be adopted but the man-woman union will always be disfigured unless the woman has liberated herself as woman i think that this is there's a number of things that she's saying that are along the lines of what i said about the kind of concerns about endorsing modernism that i think are worth like right. hammering home because she is saying this about women but she's implicitly saying that you don't get to return to nature period like it's not like because any return to nature that is um trying to return to like a pre-capitalist kind of nature or a kind of nature that doesn't take advantage of the technological progress that capitalism has made um i have news for you that's gonna put women back where they belong. And I think that's true. Mm. I, I think that if mm. if you don't, if, if there aren't I any, mean, you can talk about how to have green inputs into this technology, fine. But I think that any vision of the future that doesn't take into account the uh, importance of rationalizing and using uh, in increasing labor productivity through technology within the household whether it's socialized or privately I don't care I mean for the purposes of this point this is going it, it's like you're gonna stop your concern short with like one kind of nature and the other kind of of, of natural mm-hmm. way of treating the other kind of naturalization who who is gonna end up doing that are our women and it's it to mm-hmm. re naturalize those roles by saying there's not onward and upward people we gotta slow this whole thing down and mm-hmm. return to something else. Yeah, that's not just like – I mean, you can say whatever you want about that environmentally or economically, but that's not good for women. Um, that's not going to have the kind of emancipatory effect that I think she's she's talking about here. So I think it's important – you know, when we talk – because there's all these conversations. I saw stuff on Twitter about people debating about washing machines. I didn't read this, by the way. I, like, saw it happening. I did not go through the comments. <laughs>
0: There was washing machine discourse. I missed. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Um,
1: and I really didn't read it because I I, <laughs> I, I, I thought it was going to annoy me for the f- following reason, which is I it don't, would. I don't yes. care how you organize this, but what I know is that we better have some super green, souped up, technologically advanced, energy mm-hmm. conserving, super efficient fucking washing machines everywhere because I don't know what else to do. Like, like otherwise, what mm-hmm. you're telling me is like. You know, you know, dope that we can do all this industrial production more efficiently on a green basis. Woo, woo, woo. But women, the work women do, not going to touch that. And I think that's fucked up. I think I think we absolutely need, you know. And
2: and mm-hmm. I, I could see someone making the argument, and I do have someone in mind, that no one on Twitter, just, you know, a conservative person I've been going back and forth with. You know, they could say something like, and also we shouldn't touch that because those are labors of love. You know, that is, <laughs> impo- that, that is important time you're giving to the value of family. And I, I, I take Lillian's point, but I also want to, to add to that point. The other reason some sort of return to, you know, a simpler time where, you know, I, I've also, I took what Lillian was saying. is like that necessary labor will have to be mm-hmm. done yeah. somehow yes. by somebody. Yes. I mean. mm-hmm. Is that also what um, uh, Davis is pointing out It's like our social expectations have been irrevocably altered. And so not, you can try to make that argument on some sort of pragmatic grounds if that's better for the environment. But the the issue is that many people have these expectations that they are not going to be ground down by more and more labor. And so you'd have to be making the argument to them, those expectations you have of you know, of having more free time, of more you know, uh, time to flourish, you're going to have have to sacrifice that for this going back and I think it's really important for her that you know also what the uh, entrance of capitalist modernity did is it, it made socially salient these problems of inequality it radically transformed these expectations of what a free and just life looks like and so you' also be swimming against stream against you know the normative expectations that people have now and I think that's also important to, to say it's not something like you know our life can just you know simply remain as it is you know clearly there are deep ecological consequences but you know we do have to ask questions about so who will be doing the necessary labor how are we going to practically justify that and i don't think it's enough to be like well when the plant's at stake too bad so sad (laughs) you know someone someone, someone's going to have to do it and sorry like you know life's tough i don't think that that that's sufficient i think that that's right
3: yeah, I mean, in this context, maybe we can focus a little more on that second essay, which I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. um, because there's yeah. two things in it that I wanted to like talk about with you all. And one of them is a critique of the wages for housework movement, which gains prominence in the 1970s, starting in Italy uh, and coming, as she says, out of the work of Maria Rosa Dalla Costa and The Power of Women and the Subversion of Community. But she's got some real problems with this approach. i just like to, to kind of show where davis stands on these like i was i was shocked like you know we talk about how there is this progressive modernizing side to capitalism Mm -hmm. and apparently that's very contentious i suppose in some quarters but like i think we the four of us at least agree that that's real and true and certainly marx thought so and good Marxists think so as well but then you start reading this piece on the approaching obsolescence of housework and she's like you know what we ought to do is industrialize housework Industrial. I was
1: I like whoa, yeah, whoa. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow.
1: she just said it, it. Yeah, you could just that. That. I'm, I'm like so pro all these bad words industrialize that shit Reindustrialize. I mean and then I I understand that like there, like you think industry you think coal you think extraction I understand right. but I have news for you mm-hmm. doesn't have to be
0: Hey, thanks so much for listening. This was just a small sample of the full episode. To listen to it and to access other premium content we're putting out, including all of our locked episodes and bonus videos, please subscribe to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash of philosophy. See you next time.